and welcome back to another episode of CareCast. I'm Ashley. I'm Maddie. And I'm Tony. Um, so in acknowledgement of midterm season, we're going to talk a little bit about our college experience struggles and how we cope with it. Yeah, so kind of, you know, connecting to that, I want to ask you both, how is how are you feeling? It's almost been a year since we've been, you know, remote learning in a pandemic. How How are you coping? What are some struggles you're facing? Well, um, there's a lot. <laughs> Um, I think personally for me right now, I'm struggling with, I guess, finding my groove um, within like the new semester. I think having been in this kind of like online space for over a year now, I would expect to have a little bit better, I guess, of a foundation of like what I'm doing. But I feel like honestly, I am exactly where I was when we first started this thing. And I'm kind of battling like all of my classes and then I'm a part of like different clubs and organizations and I have two jobs and I'm also kind of balancing like just being at home because I am living at home um, and I have been since last March and that in itself has been interesting for me. I'm the oldest of five siblings so in addition to like all of the stuff I have going on I'm also like I feel like a full-time tutor <laughs> like trying to you know teach my little siblings um like math and um, like helping them out whenever I can. But I don't know. So it's been kind of hard just to navigate like how to be the best student, how to be the best daughter, how to be the best sister I can be and like not let anyone down, Um, including myself, because, you know, like I'm the kind of person who puts other people's needs before my own. Um, And oftentimes that that kind of means that I like say yes to, you know, my siblings and my parents and (laughs) my aunt or whoever. And then I'm, I'm left at like 10 p.m. at night being like, oh, my God, I have so much work to do. Like, what did I do to myself? Those are some of the things that I'm kind of balancing and working through right now. I definitely feel you on the family boundaries because I, in the beginning of this, I live in a large household. I have, and because my parents are divorced, so I have my stepdad, um, who I call my dad, but just for this purpose, I'm going to say like my stepdad. Sorry, dad, if you hear this. Um, and then I have <laughs> my three younger siblings. Um, who are 15, I think, 11, 12, and then nine, I hope, (laughs) Um, with my grandma and my mom in, like, a three-bedroom house. Um, So it's a lot. And so when we first came back, um, it was, it was, like, very scary, I think, because my mom was like, no, I want you back here. You need to be back home. And so I was like, damn it. But it, it was really hard because for one time, like, we have a little house in the back. And so I, I would have my own little space. It, it, it's like a, it's a mother-in-law home that we have. So it has its own little kitchen, which is where my, my grandma lives. So she was gone. So I was living there. But then when she moved back, I had to move back into my home. And doing everything with my siblings and trying to do stuff like this, like this recording that we're doing, it's really hard because... Mm-hmm. Um, I've had yeah. instances where I yell at my siblings. I'm like, "Hey, y'all, shut up!" And then like someone is like, "I'm gonna mute Ashley," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. You know? So I feel like yeah, I feel you on like trying to tutor your siblings, and I have to tutor my siblings. Um, but then I feel really stupid. Because I'm struggling in fourth grade math. I'm struggling seventh grade math. And I'm like, I'm good at math. Like, how? Like, 
like how is this happening like mm-hmm. I'm not this stupid you know <laughs> and like currently I'm living at my other grandma's house um and I have my own place but because of the difficulties with internet my house like where my parents live my my sister my older sister now lives there with her new baby and her boyfriend so now there's even more people in that house and so there's a lot of people on the internet so what we do is two of my siblings come here every monday and wednesday night to be with me the whole day on tuesday and thursday because my mom also is taking college classes and so we it's not like six people on the internet now it's like divided between two homes but tuesday and thursday are my busiest days these are days that Mm -hmm. i have chapter i have work meetings i have classes and then at the same time i also kind of have to feed my siblings so i have to like Mm -hmm. make dinner or if i'm like really lazy i'll just order food but then like that's also like a cost on me and then like Mm -hmm. my family Mm -hmm. tries helping like but it's it's not cheap. Um, my family tries to help out, of course, but it's really hard because I don't think they understand that, like, because they're like, oh, like, what's the big deal? They're just there, you know? But it's like, it, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain because I feel like I have to be held accountable for them. I have to make sure they're doing their homework. Question, I have to check up on them. I have to make sure they're fed. I have to make sure they're on top of their stuff, on top of me going to class, going to work meetings, doing homework. Um but yeah, so it's it's really hard on the family boundaries and being home, which I think a lot of parents, at least on mine, are not understanding. They're like, what's the big deal? You lived in our house for years. You went to school. Like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all experience mm-hmm. the same thing with, like, your family being like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Just family boundaries. And a lot of, like, them not really understanding that, you know, the laptop is everything right now it's school it's work it's any organization you're affiliated with and especially in the beginning a lot of my like relatives you know on top of my family were saying like you're not even doing anything like come help clean come help like you know xyz and it's like like i i know that it looks like i'm just on my laptop and i'm not i'm just sitting doing just whatever it is on my laptop but that's exactly what it is now like it's, it's remote learning that's where everything is now i can't you know, it's it's like a risk to even go anywhere in person. Like, how? What else do you expect me to do? Like, that's exactly why we came back home because it's such a big risk to be in a place that's like so populated. And like, I you know, I have to do school. I got two jobs. I have to. I don't have like, I only have the one sibling, so like that really takes up the load of like the chores and like, because you know she's. 12 she's like already old enough to like see how to like feed herself and like you know the only thing I really have to do is just make sure she's in class because sometimes I think like halfway through like the actual time like after we came back home she was like oh I don't have to do anything at school so I'm not gonna go to like class like on the computer and I'm like hey look I know that if like you know easy distraction everything around you is a distraction I know that but you have to still go to school like it's still something you have to do and like, I'm definitely the only one that, like, tells her because, like, both my parents still go to work. It's still a lot, like, them doing what they have to do to provide. And so my sister and I are just kind of left with the, the house chores, school, 
taking care of our other like my my mom likes to say the other children, but it's just like our pets, you know, our dogs and our, <laughs> our cats. So it's like a lot of that, and sometimes like I'm I I'm so grateful for my sister because she's just a, a joy, you know. She's hilarious. She sometimes she cooks for me because sometimes I'll be that busy where I just don't have time to even just get up and make myself something to eat. And yeah. same thing with my with my parents; they just don't have time to cook anymore. So it's like she'll cook for me and for herself and I'm just so blessed that she does that because sometimes she'll like rub it in my face but at the same time I'm like thank god you actually cook for me because if you didn't I wouldn't be eating until like 7 8 p.m at night like you know and you know I cook for her too sometimes sometimes she'll ask me for like you know like not like a big request not like ah can I you know but something like that'll last a few days so she'll like oh can you make me this I'll make it easy and then she'll be like the happiest being in the world like she'll just be so happy for that and she'll finish it within a day and I'm like dude that's a that's a serving for like a good four or five people and she'll just finish it and you know I really get to see her grow it's like that wellness of like getting to like I don't want to say raised because I don't like saying that I raised her or anything because I feel like you know I'm not a parent I don't feel like I'm a full-fledged <laughs> like parent I feel like I there's a lot of flaws that I have especially like for like the parent title so I like just have like getting to be here but definitely there are like boundaries that like a lot of my family don't respect like sometimes I'll be in a meeting or in an interview and they just barge in or they yell out my name and I'm like look from this time to this time I cannot like you can't do that because then I have to mute myself or like you know I have to, it'll be like a one-on-one meeting with someone or an interview and I just have to like mute myself and be like hold on sorry I'll be right back and then I have to mm-hmm. important meeting where I'm in an interview please I just need a little <laughs> bit of quiet um a lot of work I feel like there aren't enough days and uh, hours in the day to do everything there's a lot of things I wish I could do that I can't ultimately do or I have very little time to do and it kind of bums me out because like college life was very like a routine I would go to work do school work do whatever do whatever I like whatever hobby I was interested in at the time do it and then go to sleep like it'd be a perfect rounded schedule and then when I came back, everything just kind of got thrown <laughs> everywhere, you know? Yeah. You had to, like, sac- I had to sacrifice some things like hobbies, having time to do anything I like, um, catching up with friends. And just, like, having to, like, revert back to, like, the room I guess I grew up in. And I feel like a lot of growth doesn't happen that way, being, a- being, being like, in the same environment you were when you left. Because I know for sure when I left, for college or for Merced I was ready like I was ready to leave my household I was just ready I just did not you know I felt like I could become so much more like a lot more development a lot more growth could happen if I left and it did and I'm very proud of myself for like all the growth I've had up until now and I feel like yeah I'm still growing but it's like very like it's kind of like halted kind of like it slowed down and it's it kind of like upsets me some day to day it's like ah you know but what else can you do you know like this is just the position that we're put in but I do want to ask how are some ways that you have some self-care I know we work for the care office so (laughs) (laughs) you know I think it's difficult doing self-care um because like you said we're back home and you don't have the same time the same also because everything's closed down you can't do a lot too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but 
um, like, it's hard. <laughs> I I, I kind of want to go back to what you said, um, like, on the part where you leaving home kind of felt like you, um, you kind of made it. That's how I felt, like, when I moved away, because in my community, not a lot of people go to college, especially Latino women. Most mm-hmm. of us, I think, mm-hmm. um, we have one of the highest percentages of teen pregnancies, which is nothing wrong if you want to have um because I feel like there's a, a big stigma with um young pregnant women. But I when I did this, when I went to college and I moved out, I was like, I did it. Like I actually did it. I moved away. Like I'm gonna be my own independent woman. Like I'm gonna be someone. And then when I got the apartment my second year, I was like, no one in my house, like the women at least, had ever been in an apartment before. Like they all like lived with their family and then got married and were with their husband or lived in with their like family members' home. So when I was living in an apartment, I was like, I definitely made it. Like I am the shit. Like and then having to move back home was devastating itself because like you said, you felt halted, like you felt backwards, like I I didn't make it. I'm back home. So I think that's something that just something that you brought up that just like I really like just really felt. So yeah, but on self care. <laughs> Back to that. Um, I really enjoy listening to both of your perspectives because I think I I love getting to hear people's stories, especially when they're different from mine. Um, because I know like moving back home. I was sad and it happened so quickly. Um, we got like an email and I was current, I was actually living in a dorm um, with three of my friends and, you know, we got an email and it was like, Hey, you have like X amount of days to move out. Um, and like, I just felt like things were moving so quickly and it happened actually in the middle of midterm season. And I was so like afraid and I was just like, well, like what, what comes next? Like, what am I going to do? And I think I'm really, really lucky and privileged that I have some really awesome friends um, who are like a support network on campus. And I was living with these people and, you know, um, we were like a little unit. So we all got together. Um, We got a storage unit in Merced that we like all split the cost for uh, to this day, literally. Um, And, you know, I I think I rented like a zip car Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a zip car is. um, Basically, zip car is like a company that has like uh, rental cars on campus that you're able to like rent for a few hours. So I got a zip car and we like piled all of our crap. And, you know, we, I think we made like so many trips to the storage unit. Um, and then I was able to like rent a car and I literally like took a trip cause I'm, I'm from Southern California. So uh, that's where I'm currently at right now. And uh, like all of my friends and I like piled all of our crap into this tiny little like Nissan that we rented and I drove us all home. Um, I dropped off like some friends in LA. I dropped off um, a friend in San Diego. Um, and then like, I made my way home, like all the way down to SoCal. Um, and when I got here, I don't think I really knew what to expect, but my family has, and like, don't get me wrong, like it has been difficult to try to navigate how to be a full-time student and also have two jobs and like all of my other responsibilities on top of being like a daughter and a sibling, um, the oldest sibling at that. Um, but I have a really, really supportive family who has like pushed me to succeed since day one. Um, and they're very supportive about like my studying and me going to school and like going to classes. And they're also really mindful 
Um, and they try to like make sure that like if I'm in a meeting um, to like text me um, or to like make sure that they don't like knock on my door. Like if I'm in a presentation, for example, for care, um, my stepmom like leaves me like little notes sometimes because she doesn't know if I'm like in a meeting or in class or and she doesn't want to bug me. Um, and so things like that, like I really appreciate and I'm so privileged. Um, I also really want to highlight that I know a lot of students um, right now don't have a place of their own, like don't have their own space to um, like go to class or don't have their own environment to, you know, have these meetings. And I also want to note that I'm really lucky in that sense too. And I'm incredibly privileged that I have a bedroom where I can kind of go like across the house um, and lock my door and, you know, do my meetings or do my presentations. Um, And a lot of people don't have that. So I am really privileged in both of those ways. Um, And so I really enjoy hearing both of your stories and what it was like for both of you, because it allows me to reflect on my experiences and to really, I guess, like check myself and to understand how lucky I am for, you know, the privileges that I have. Yeah. So, yeah, um, honestly, for self-care, like what I do to kind of cope, especially with the, with the environment that I'm in, I really just do a little bit of everything. Before we even started recording, like I was talking about how I don't really have a solid hobby or a self-care um, routine or something that I do that actually like de-stresses me I feel like I have a really hard time de-stressing overall like sometimes I even go to sleep and I'm just like Damn. you know like it'll it'll stay on my mind and I, I'll wake up sometimes like just with the same stressor on mine just like waking up like oh I gotta do this and that's just how that's just how it's always been like it's always been just always something on my mind always something that has to happen and I used the way I used to kind of care for myself or like you know distress was drawing and I love drawing with my entire soul with my whole mind heart everything I just I loved being able to create something that I felt like was un just un unrestricted un like um unconstrained um and I remember I had this art teacher in high school who encouraged me like all the way just to like keep that as something that I do and even now I have a hard I have a harder time now because of just some I guess what do they call it like an art block kind of it was kind of like just induced more in college I think it was just like a lot and I was like I don't have time and like even now I'm just like I don't have time I just don't have time because once I start drawing or or painting or whatever I really get lost in it and I love that. I love the feeling I get whenever I get lost in like making something that it's my own work. And obviously it's not like a, like a, it's not like Picasso. It's not like something that's like the biggest thing that I'm always proud of. I just love the progress I have making things. And I used to also love reading. I used to be in book club in my high school. I used to be really proud of that. I used to like, now I just have to only, I only have time for listening to music and just watching shows while I'm eating like anime or that's all I really watch honestly now it's just anime I don't even have a tv in my room a lot of people are surprised but I just use my laptop I use Netflix you know there's a lot of streaming platforms that have like anime that I would that I'm interested in watching and I picked up reading a lot more now because I feel like it's since I'm at my desk like I just pick up the book next to me and I'm just like ah, let me read this and obviously it's not like a committed thing I'm not like reading a bunch of pages or I'm not reading a whole chapter I'm not reading the whole book within a week I read like 
a page or two like every other week you know it's like not something that's really progressive it's just like ah yeah I remember this and then I put down the book and get back to work especially with assigned readings I love assigned readings when I get into it but the thought of it just stays in my mind and I'm just like I don't want to I don't want to be told to read or like like making reading a requirement like that makes me feel like it's not something I do it feels like something that's assigned to me and I don't like the idea of that but obviously it does help once I do read for like class and stuff and stuff I am just like wow I should have started reading so long ago you know like it's just like that like confliction of like oh, I don't want to read oh but once I read it's really interesting and it's just like <laughs> damn this makes sense no wonder it was assigned by the professor <laughs> you know and it just connects to like exhaustion and how a lot of the things personally that I do just exhaust me maybe it's just because I haven't done any like when I came into college I was like I'm gonna do a lot more than what I did in high school and what I did in high school was the bare minimum like just go to school and do do what you gotta do and then come back and relax like just go on your phone watch anime do whatever I did I don't remember and so in college I just completely did this like 180 turn of like I'm gonna be involved in this this and this xyz do my work uh, be more of a studious person and actually get involved in my education a lot more and as a result, like, I kind of overwhelmed myself at some times with, like, the organizations I'm in or the responsibilities I decided to carry because it's just something I was never used to. I was never used to having to do things and, like, being interested in things to the point where I commit to a responsibility or an organization. And it's just overall just would exhaust me to the point where it's, like, I would love nothing more to just sleep in bed for, like, a week. <laughs> Obviously, it's not, like... I don't think it's like a realistic thing for me I don't think I could sleep for a week but it's just like the feeling you know just the, like cracking your when you crack your like wrist or when you crack your knuckles like that relief of just like ah oh, the tension is kind of like lifted um so definitely a little bit of exhaustion that I try to like balance in my day-to-day yeah <laughs> um I definitely relate to feeling overwhelmed um and throwing yourself into all of these different things. Um, I have mentioned it before on this podcast, but I want to go to law school after I graduate from UC Merced. Um, and there are a lot of pressures that come with that, especially being a Latina, um, because the percentage of Latino lawyers is few to none. Um, and I think being a woman of color means that I have to work harder to try to you know, get admitted into law school and to do all of these great things. Um, And so I've always wanted to put myself in the best position in order to achieve those goals and to get there. Um, And actually, I do want to be an attorney who advocates for survivors of violence. That's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, And so I kind of like you, Tony, like threw myself into all of these different things because I want to be involved in like one, I want to help people. Um, and two, like, I want to make sure that I have everything that I need to have on my resume, you know, to make it look great, to, to make me the best applicant that I can be for law school. Um, so that one day I can advocate for survivors and represent them. And in doing so, um, I kind of got, like, caught up in not being able to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I really, really struggle with um, in all of my orgs, um, all of my clubs, like, both of my jobs. Um classes I just I constantly struggle with not being able to say no say no even with family Mm -hmm. um and honestly they're like simple things right like sometimes it's with my family and 
it's it's my stepmom asking me like hey maddie like do you want to watch this movie with me and she's like really excited about it and i don't necessarily have the time to take like two hours out of my day to watch a movie and like sit down but i feel so guilty saying no because i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings that i say yes even though i know that you know those two hours like are i don't want to say wasted time but you know like that could have been time spent like doing like my homework or times um like going to like a meeting or you know like doing something for work or for a different org um and so I just I really relate to like feeling overwhelmed with all of these different things and I'm on three different boards for different clubs um and so not only like being in those clubs but having those like leadership roles and again no one did it to myself but me um it's like me putting all of these pressures on myself so it's totally my fault um but like I don't know, like, even I was in an org meeting, like, a couple weeks ago, and our president asked us something like, hey, like, who wants to take on, like, this task? And and they kind of, like, offered it to me, like, Maddie, is this something that you'd be interested in? And, like, in my head, I'm like, no, like, I do not have time for this. Like, no. And then I literally watched myself say, yes, I'll take on that task. And, oh, I, I beat myself up for it, like, so much after that. Because I was like, why did I do that? Like, I, I've just really been struggling with, you know accepting that I have a limit and I need to acknowledge my limit and not try to take on things that are past it um and so like I don't know I just especially like with studying for the LSAT because that's something that I'm doing right now um and the LSAT is the law school admissions test so it's this really big test that basically gets you into law school and you know there's a lot of pressure and a lot riding on this one test Um, And I'm a firm believer that, you know, test scores and grades do not um, reflect the kind of person you are. They do not reflect your intelligence. But unfortunately, when it comes to law school, um, it does to them. Um, And this test can or has the potential to give you so much scholarship money. So and especially, you know, me, like as a first gen kid, um, I don't have like $200,000 to pay for law school. So, you know, like this is something that I'm really struggling with. Right. Like I'm, I'm putting all of this extra pressure on myself on top of my orgs and my two jobs and, you know, being a big sister and being the daughter and, you know, being the full-time student, I'm putting this extra pressure on myself and I'm trying to study 20 hours a week um, because I plan on taking the LSAT in August of this year. And so like, I'm adding all of these extra pressures on myself. And actually a couple weeks ago, I had to have like a real conversation with myself and really reflect on everything that I was doing because it was just, it was too much. Right. And all of these goals that I was setting were, they were just unrealistic because I was like, at the end of the week, I was kind of reflecting on everything that I was able to do and all of the things that I were unable to do. Um, And I wasn't happy with myself. I was disappointed, right? That I wasn't able to study 20 hours a week, that I wasn't able to go to all these org meetings, that I wasn't able to take the time to watch a movie with my family, Um, that I didn't have the time to like sit down with my siblings and explain every math problem that they needed help with, right? Like I was just, I was disappointed honestly in every aspect of my life and so I had to reevaluate um which kind of leads into like my self-care stuff so I really like took the time to reorganize my life um I love organization I love um like stationary Mm -hmm. stuff so like journals and like highlighters and I I think it's so fun um and so that's something that I kind of dove back into right because I figured if I can get really organized and if I can efficiently like plan my day maybe I'll have more time to do all of these things that I want to get done. And so I hopped on Amazon and I bought myself like an appointment book and it literally plans out your day in 15 minute increments. And 
I mean, I, I feel like I sound kind of crazy when I talk about this, but literally I plan my day to the minute. Um, and it includes all of my meetings for like care and for, I have a research position and all of my different orgs and clubs and my classes. I also like a lot time to study for the LSAT. Um, but I also, one thing that I've started doing is allotting time about two hours in my day, every day actually, of like unblocked free time. Because I want to make sure that if my parents ask me um, to do something, like if they need my help, or if, you know, they want to watch an episode of a show together as a family or have dinner together, that I have at least a little bit of free time in my schedule to do those things. Um, And also something that I've been working on um, in terms of like the organization thing is to forgive myself when I don't reach all of my goals. Um, Or, you know, like right now I want to study 20 hours a week. So my goal is three hours a day. And, you know, sometimes it's only two or sometimes it's one and a half. And I've had to be able to step back and say, you know, Maddie, like you're, you do a lot um, and that's okay. And it's okay to have those limits and it's okay to not reach every goal in your day. And, and that's okay. Um, and so that's something that I've really been working on. Um, and I've been using like learning how to say no as a form of self-care, because I do really think it is such a big form of self-care, like being able to acknowledge what we have the capacity to do um and you know what we don't have the capacity to do and being able to admit it to myself has decreased the amount of times that I'm disappointed um and so it's something that I definitely recommend um and encourage y'all to do um learn how to say no when you don't have the capacity to do something um, and it's not easy. I promise y'all it's not easy. Again, I just gave y'all the example of me literally blurting the word yes. Like, yes, I'll take on all of these extra tasks that I have no time for. Um, so it is a struggle, but it that's probably the biggest, most important form of self-care that I've really been working on lately. I feel you on the exhaustion and on trying to add so much because I feel whenever I hear stories of people who have overcome so much, especially like Um, people of color women of color to get to the positions where they are they've had to go they've had to go through so much be leaders in so many different things be entrepreneurs like be wonder woman and so for me it's like for me I also want to go to law school um I plan to go to the peace court fingers crossed um after college though but even then, like looking at the requirements, they, they want you to have like 50 hours of volunteer work in the sector that you want to go into. And I have to apply in August. And it's just like trying to do I'm all my orgs, like work, um, different clubs, like positions in these clubs, positions in all of this. It's so much like there, I think, um, Like, I'm not saying that, like, my family doesn't help me, because they do. Um, I think having my siblings here, like, twice a week helps me eat, because on days that they're not here, I will not eat some days. I will forget to eat. If I do eat, maybe it's a bag of chips. Um, Or sometimes I'll get a headache, and it's, like, three or four, and I'm like, why do I have a headache right now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I haven't eaten. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. But then, like, I have nothing (laughs) in my fridge. Um... Which makes me thankful at the same time that sometimes my mom's like, have you eaten? And I'm like, oh, like, what's food? <laughs> and she'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll bring you some food. So, like, mm-hmm. sh- like that's one of the great things of being home, too, that, like, I do get food. But when I remember, 
or when my mom has mm-hmm. to like call me and be like have you eaten today and I'll be like yes and sometimes I'll lie and I'll be like of course I've eaten like I had something and but sometimes like I just don't want to tell her because she's gonna mm-hmm. tell me you need to take on less which mm-hmm. is something I hate hearing because I'm like you don't understand like I need this I need this job I need this org I need to go over yeah. to be able to accomplish what I want because I've also like been looking at stuff for law school and it's like I cannot go two to three hundred thousand dollars in debt like I need those scholarships I need that good GPA I need okay. to show you that I'm gonna do all this like so I hate hearing the word like you need to take on less it's like no like I need to take on more like I need to add more to my resume and it's like I did this to myself in high school too where I was like no I need more like I need to add more like I look at other people and I compare myself to them I'd be like no you don't understand like they're doing all of this they're doing so much more than me they have a higher GPA and they're okay and I'm like Mm -hmm. and I question myself like why am I not okay I don't have as much as they do I don't have as much mm-hmm. as they do have on my plate and I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really hard. <laughs> it's hard. Like even now, like in a way, like I'm kind of like not tearing up, but kind of like my voice um, mm-hmm. because like, I feel like incompetent. Like I feel like I should be able to do more. I feel like I need to do more. And like you, Maddie, like, I'm like, of course I can do that. I'm like, I don't have enough hours. Sometimes I kid you not. Like mm-hmm. I try waking up at 5 a.m., and the days I wake up at 5 or 4 a.m., I'm like, okay, I got everything done. But then when it's time to go to sleep, God, I'm exhausted. Like, so exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, oh. But then when I don't finish everything and I wake up, like, at 7 or 8, I feel horrible. Because I'm like, I woke up so late. And then I'm like, I have mm-hmm. so much stuff on my mind that, like, when it's nighttime, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this. I'm I'm late on this. Like, I'm going to get in so much trouble, like it's so much (laughs) but like it's something that I'm definitely like trying to like um do because like I also have like have a lot of issues (laughs) y'all I have body image issues so I feel like me not being able to go to the gym me not eating healthy Mm -hmm. where before I would like try to meal prep I would um try to like go to the gym every day try because I love Zumba because I feel like I hate cardio so like Zumba like kind of dancing you know and there's music so I love that (laughs) But, like, when the gym's closed down, it's, like, I don't have that anymore. And for a while, I would try to do it at home. But I'm, like, I need that group atmosphere. Like, I feel weird just me dancing by myself. Yeah. And so, but I think, like, Mm -hmm. the thing with me not eating also kind of has to go with, like, my body image issues where I'm, like, oh, like, less calories in a day. Like, it's okay. This just, I'll just do intermittent fasting, which is sometimes how I, like, excuse me not eating because I'm, like, oh, it's intermittent fasting. Like, you know you it's like less hour for people who don't know intermittent fasting I don't recommend it I don't like some for some people it works but it just means you eat less hours in a day but like this is also how I can excuse myself for not eating but then at the same time it's not healthy because <laughs> I'm still just eating a bag of chips mm-hmm. but then I'm like yeah. okay like but then I also before I'd be like okay you have to like work out for two hours but then when I don't work out, I feel so guilty for not working out or I'm like, damn it, I haven't worked out in weeks and like I need to get back on it. But that just kind of has to like do with like my self-care that I'm trying to do is 
I have a dog. Well, he's not really my dog. He's my grandma's dog. But what I do now is, like, <laughs> at least if I walk him, what I do now is I, like, turn off my notifications for work, for my orgs, for, like, emails, everything. I turn off my no- notifications for everything. I don't even answer the phone for my family sometimes. Because I know I love them to death, but they might ask me for something or they might want to check up on me for something. I'm like, no, this is my one hour where I blast music and I just go walk. And that's all I do. Mm-hmm. And like today I didn't get that because I was super busy. So I didn't get that today. But sometimes I tell myself like, okay, maybe I can't go for like two or one hours. But if 20 minutes is something, at least it's 20 minutes. But, like, mm-hmm. even when I do that one hour, kind of like you do, Maddie, uh, Maddie, where you're, like, a two-hour block, I feel guilty for turning off my notifications for work and for my orgs. Because I'm like, what if they need something from me? Like, what if I'm, like, I don't know why I think I'm the only one that has the answer, but, like, what if they need something from me and I don't give it to them right away? And, like, I took too long to respond. Yeah, I just feel guilty for not responding right away. And I feel guilty for putting off my do not disturb. I don't know if y'all heard right now, like throughout this meeting, I get emails and I'm like, oh my God, can you be quiet for like an hour? Because I thought I turned them off, but I guess I didn't turn them off or it's it's just weird, my iPad. But I don't know if anyone else has that feeling of feeling guilty for setting time aside for yourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um feeling guilty is something that I totally struggle with too and before I get into that I do just want to take the time to like validate all of your feelings um and let you know that I really appreciate like having you on this team um and we appreciate all of the hard work that you do um and we see you I just really wanted to validate that um but yeah I I really relate to feeling guilty like if I can't watch that movie with my stepmom like I feel like the shittiest daughter in the world And if I can't go pick up food for my dad because I have a meeting or a presentation, I feel like I'm letting him down. Or like sometimes, you know, I want to help my siblings more than anything, right? Like I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. I know that they look up to me in some ways because I'm the first one to go to college. And, you know, like they'll text me or they'll call me um, because my parents are divorced too. So I have siblings who live in different households. Um, And, you know, they'll call me or text me and they're like, hey, Maddie, like, I don't understand this. Can you please help me? Um... And I feel like I'm one of the only people in their lives right now who can help them or have the capacity to help them. Um, and But sometimes I just can't. Like I, sometimes I'm in class or sometimes I'm in a meeting. Um, and, you know, sometimes like when they text me and they say, hey, can you help me? I can't. Um, and that's another really crappy feeling, right? Because I want to be the best big sister I can be. Um, and, you know, I want to give them the world I want to give my parents the world and when I can't sometimes it is really hard and I I feel that and it's it's difficult to battle being the best I don't know sister and the best daughter the best niece and also the best person for myself too um and something that I've really been working on lately is learning to like be kinder to myself um because I feel like when friends and other people in my life come to me with you know like these similar feelings I validate their feelings. I let them know that they're doing their best. I, I try to treat them with kindness and I try to show them that they're doing so much and, you know, that everything that they do is valuable. Um, but when I look at myself, I don't show myself that same kindness. Um, and that's also like another honest conversation I had to have 
um, you know, over these last few weeks, like Maddie, if you can show all of these other people compassion and empathy, then why can't you give yourself that same courtesy? Um, so that's something that I've also really been working on, um, right? Like trying to be kinder and trying to to be nicer to myself when I'm not able to do all of these things. Um, and, you know, like letting myself know that my brother and sister um, still love me when I can't help them. And I know that my dad's still proud of me if I can't go get him food because I'm in a meeting. Um, and having to like remind myself of these things and just really try to be nicer because there's like that that phrase, like you are like your worst critic. And I feel like that's so true, um, especially for me. Like I just, I really struggle and I'm so mean to myself, like with the expectations that I set and all of these different things, like with grades and and even if like they're not perfect, I like freak out and I really like judge myself and I'm, I'm mean to myself. Um, and I'm like, why can't I do better? Like I need to do better, right? Because of these expectations that we have as women of color, um, that we need to, I guess, like save the world in order to get into these places that we want to go and to do these things that we want to accomplish. I feel like we have to do so much to prove ourselves. And that's where I really struggle. And so I think just trying to have those conversations and, and to realize that I need to be kinder to myself because I deserve it. Because if I can give everyone else that love and that compassion and kindness, then I also need to show myself a little bit too. Um, tying it in, um, I definitely feel that imposter syndrome, I would say, of just not feeling like, like anything that overall anyone, like individually, you know, like that we carry. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like enough, you know, especially like personally, I never, I always see myself as like, a like I started late, like I, since I didn't do as much as I did in high school that I'm like behind and that I need to pick up the pace in, in undergrad and, and like any future path I go on that like furthers my edu- educational career. It's like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough because I didn't do anything during high school. And I say I didn't do anything because it's like I didn't do anything for my own benefit I did take a couple of college classes but that's only because I didn't want to do like a class like they were offering at the school you know like I didn't want to do like like math like any like higher math course even though they like were like yeah you could do it I was like no it's okay I'll take the college course and like (laughs) luckily one of them that I took helped me like in college like it took me one of the required courses I had to take which was completely by coincidence, like, my school didn't tell me, like, oh, this is, you're taking off your thing, like, it was just an offer, like, they just offered it, they were like, hey, you want to take, like, two, there was only, like, two options for, like, classes, and they would be like, here, take it, and just by coincidence, one of them got crossed off in, in my required general education, like, courses, and, you know, when I went into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to be, I was just like, well, I'm here, you know, um, I struggled a lot with, like, my mental state in high school, so I never, I didn't expect myself to have a brighter future after high school. Like, I didn't really expect anything. I didn't think I would be where I am now at all. That Everything I'm doing at this point is just, like, something that I never expected, something that I never had planned for, and so it's, like, not only do I feel like I have to carry a lot more because of me not doing anything in high school, but I feel like I have to plan a lot more like in ahead, like ahead of time, like, you know, what am I going to do in 10 years? Like, what am I actually going to do in 10 years? And it's like, 
obviously like we don't know you know it's the future is unpredictable you can't predict like you could predict tomorrow but you could still be wrong and so I struggle a lot with like my own future and you know the first time I heard like imposter syndrome was my senior year in high school where, where this teacher that I was really close to that was helping me the most he had mentioned it to me because I had mentioned that I don't feel like I was actually going to get into college I didn't feel like anything even though I was like an average student like I was average grade student like just doing the best I could and he really just told me like do you not believe that you're a good student like you really believe you won't get anywhere and I was like no I I never expected to get anywhere I just expected to like do whatever whatever path I landed on I didn't expect it to like have like you know the wheel to my own life and so he brought up imposter syndrome and I was like what are you talking about like you know you're just a teacher you're just telling me some weird phrase that I don't know and then that's when he told me like no it's when you don't believe you're enough despite you doing enough or you know that's just the way he described it to me obviously there's an actual <laughs> definition <laughs> and ever since then like it's been ringing in my head it's always been swirling around in my mind just the last three years of just like you know be nicer to yourself like you didn't expect you would get this far and look how far you got you know like that's where my mind has been this whole time and you know it feels like I, I was a completely different person in high school where like you know um like I have a strange relationship with my family so I never I always felt like the friends that I made were really supportive or like my support team and I never really felt like I had like a place like I could confide like people that I could confide in um like like family or anything and over time like I've gotten closer to my family like recently like over the last few years only because I feel like there was that physical distance where they couldn't rely on me as much as they did and or like they couldn't like you know it's just family dynamic they couldn't really just expect me to be there when they needed it automatically like always you know so they kind of felt like that distance too like oh you know they're gonna end up just having their own life and not always being part of this family or not always being here physically you know came back with a new mindset of thank you of just having like a health I guess a healthier mindset of like who my family is and why we're not like that's why the relationship was strained but why it isn't my fault why it you know I can't control everything that happens in the family and I can't control much but I can control how I talk to them how I react to them and so when I came back I came back a lot better I, I would say like I was a lot more open I was a lot more communicative I even came back like showing my parents how to apologize because that was the main like strain is that they would just kind of brush over a lot and I came back with a little bit more confidence with my own identity of just like kind of enforcing that with my own family because you know being non-binary like what does that mean you know like to my parents they were like sure whatever you go to college and now you come back with this you know but it's always since high school I've just never told them because I never you know like there's that intimidation of like what would they do you know like what would they do if they knew and I came back with more confidence, like, what will they do? Like, I managed to live on my own, obviously, with the help, financial help of my parents. But I managed to, like, strive on my own and, like, be, figure out more and be more confident in myself rather than always questioning what I'm doing 
always thinking, oh, I need my parents' help on this now. Like, it was just like, I am in charge of what I do in my own like future, in my own education, in my own path. Obviously, my family's still here to help. And I think they also grew with that idea of like, you know, I am my own person and I'm not always going to be like this sheltered little person who's always like, oh, is this the right thing? You know, like I have my own thoughts, my own opinions. And I really developed like a really strong bond with my sister, which is why I was like, yeah, my sister. Like she knows a lot of who I am and she understands and she even like, you know, uses my pronouns in front of my parents. And I'm always like, wow, you know, like overwhelming just being proud of her because it's like having someone in my family for once that's some that's by my side that's my support being and it's just it's great like it's so amazing and I'm just like wow is this what I've been like you know not not what I've been missing but what I've haven't seen before like that my sister is someone that I really can rely on because before she was younger you know she was four years younger I didn't talk to her that much because she was still a baby she was still very you know just doing her own thing little by thing they're very happy little ball of sunshine she still is but sometimes she's very like snarky she'll come at me and even <laughs> now like um she has her own gender identity and she very proud of her for being able to like explore that and confide in me and tell me and I've had I just came back with more confidence with my parents and I'm like look I'm non-binary like whether or not you want to use my pronouns you know it's just going to show me who you really are as a person to me to your your child and you know it's, it's still taking them time they still don't they're still like very very like confused very like what are you talking about this is just what we go up with you know they're my parents they're always going to see me as you know the baby they raised you know like whatever it's, it's like they're always going to see me that way and you know, maybe one day they won't, maybe one day they, they'll see that, like, I'm a different person than, like, a little baby, you know, and it's just been, like, my own path since high school, like, my initial goal was to be a lawyer, to go to law school, you know, have that, and my whole family was behind me, they were like, yeah, because financial gain, they were like, yes, we believe in this, we, we don't know what, what the process is, but we believe in you, um, and then over the years I was like you know what maybe I don't want to be a lawyer and it's always been that way where I was like I don't think this is something I want to do but because my family supported me I was like maybe this is maybe because it's getting the most support maybe this is what I want but you know now even now I'm just like no law school is not for me I don't I just feel like it isn't for me and it's, I just it would not be for me and you know, my parents now, they still tell, like, other relatives that we don't talk to, like, oh, yeah, tell you to be a lawyer, and I'm just, like, sure, we've had this conversation, but, you know, hey, you're grieving your own way, and it's, like, you know, I, I have, like, a vague path right now of, like, what I want to do, and I know it's grad school, and I know, like, I want to go to grad school, and I'm still trying to prepare for that, because I don't know what grad school entails, I just know that, like, I feel like that'll fit me more, especially with the research position, like Maddie, you guys mentioned. It just feels like more fitting. Like, you know, Maddie and I were in the same organization or are in the same organization. I'm gonna ask. And that's also when I was like, you know, the the organization is a pre law organization. And I realized like this isn't what 
I want to do <laughs> this isn't something after I joined I was like you know maybe <laughs> maybe there's <laughs> other options and I'm glad that I'm like narrowing it down because you know everything is limitless and I was always very scared of that because it's like what am I what else can I do you know like what else what is there that I can't see that is something for me you know and at this point it's just like unveiling unveiling everything and seeing like oh you know this everything is an option kind of like broadening everything and I just feel like despite everything that I put myself through like all the things I'm involved in jobs the the organizations family life I feel like it's all beneficial for something one way or another like you know I'm learning to be a lot nicer to myself I also don't say no to a lot of things and sometimes I feel bad for saying no like I like really bad it just haunts me and I'm just like dang I shouldn't have said no I could do it you know even if I can't it's like Maddie when you said it was like a form of self-care I was like you know what you're right <laughs> like that is a form of self-care just being able to think or like maybe even drop some things that are too much or something that you don't want to do like just being able to just say no yeah. just knowing your limit knowing that your limit isn't what makes you weak but what can show you how much you could take on and I feel like that's a strength in itself and with exercising I feel like I tried <laughs> like I was thinking about what Ashley said like being active and like exercising but I've always had a weird relationship with exercising like sometimes I'd be so motivated and I would do it for like a week straight and then I just won't anymore because <laughs> then I'd be like yeah that was enough but <laughs> that's it <laughs> like I'll pick it up for, yeah I'll pick it up for a week I'm, I'm done. done that's it I'm done and you know I get like these bursts of motivation of just like yes let's exercise right now <laughs> and sometimes it'll be at night sometimes it'll be so early in the morning and I'm just like damn you know, I wish it was something I could really commit to because I feel like exercising is a like a big physical release. Like, you know, being able to like feel something act like accomplished. You know, like physically. I don't know. It's just a weird like, relief, serotonin boost. You know, like I did it. I worked out. <laughs> yeah, I tried. tried. You know what? <laughs> that's that's all. And yeah. I wanted to add that we also work late. I know for sure I work later versus like in the morning. I don't work in the morning at all. I wake up pretty late and I work more at night because that's when most of my family is asleep. And I feel like I have that like quietness to like focus and be like, yes, work. But I also like understand like with Maddie how like you don't have enough time to watch a movie. My dad's the one, my dad's the one that like is a big movie maniac. I think like as soon as he gets home, he'll watch movie all day. He'll watch movies all day until, like, he goes to sleep. Like, he's been watching movies all day, and he just left right now outside to, like, get some water or something. And every time I leave my room, he'll ask me, like, oh, do you want to watch this movie with me? And I'm like, damn it, I can't. You know? And, like, earlier today, I did have free time. Earlier today, I had free time, yeah. and I sat with him, and I watched the movie. And he was so happy. He was like, wow, you never sat with me and watched the movie. And I was like, I'm busy <laughs> like I'm sorry and he always tells me like don't apologize you know like he's the main person that like kind of teaches me that like don't apologize for something that is kind of out of not out of your control but something that you have like a responsibility like don't apologize like I understand he was like I understand that you have things to do I just wish that there was more time for you to spend time with me and I'm like dang 
that hurt. <laughs> so I felt really accomplished today to like watch a movie with them, even if it was one movie, you know. I do kind of want to leave this um, conversation with like some good thoughts. I know we all talked about mm-hmm. the types of self care that we're doing. Um, I do want to point out that the self cares that we've talked about are different from the self care that we get from media. Because when I hear self-care in, like, Instagram especially, you always see it with, like, a face mask, a bubble bath, um, like, definitely trying to sell you stuff. And I'm not saying that's not a form of self-care because it definitely is. Like, there are days where I'm like, you know, I just need a good, like, face mask today. But, like, (laughs) self-care can be, like, different types of things. Like, I know Maddie and Tony were saying, like, saying no to work is a form of professional self-care. Like, that's self-care. Um, going on a walk is a form of self-care. Like, it's the stuff where you find joy in it. And that's I feel like that's self-care, too. Um, the thing is, like, how Maddie was saying... Not Maddie. How Tony was saying, like, when they want to read, like, they love reading. But, like, if it's a sign, they're like, nah... And I feel that's how I am with a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, exercise gives you endorphins. But if I'm, like, forcing myself to do exercise, it kind of takes away the fun of it. (laughs) Does that make sense? Which is, like, how do I do it? But that's, Mm -hmm. like, another thing. But I just, I kind of want to talk about, like, the self-care. Like, also, like, daily showers are a form of self-care. Like, taking care of your body is self-care. Um. I don't know. I love watching Criminal Minds and SVU. I don't know if it's just anyone else watches shows self-care. Because <laughs> honestly, that's how much time I have in between like 40 minutes. I'm like, one episode, that's what's yes. going to go in there. Mood. Yes, absolutely. Um, I love to watch like bad reality TV. Um, it's so funny. It's like a guilty pleasure. Like my stepmom and I like go on Netflix and we find like probably like the crappiest shows that we can watch, right? And it's reality TV and it brings me so much joy. Like I just... I don't know what it is currently. I'm um, <laughs> oh, watching oh. Dance Moms. Um, I it's it's literally like the best thing I've ever watched. I mean, it's probably the worst thing I've ever watched, but it brings me the most like joy and entertainment. Um, and sometimes it's just nice to like turn my brain off and not have to worry about mm-hmm. everything that I'm stressed out about. Right? Like for those forty minutes, I'm locked in, and all I care about is these moms <laughs> yelling at each other because they want their daughters to be the best dancers. <laughs> like to me, it just I don't know. Like it. It's an awesome escape. Um, so actually, I, I totally feel it. Home, I thought of JoJo Siwa, like, automatically. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I think, like, right now on the season I'm mm. watching, she's still really young. Um, wow. I think she's, like, wow. 10 or 11, so she's pretty young. So it's, like, it's, yeah, Dance Moms is a pretty old show. I didn't realize. Um, but it it's on? been really fun to watch. Um, I, just, oh. I don't think so. I think it, I think it's done but yeah all of those kinds of like reality tv shows I just I get a kick out of it it's so fun or like um Mike right now my stepmom and I are watching The Bachelor um I yeah. know The Bachelor is so problematic but I don't know just sitting down sometimes for like that hour and just watching it and I don't know watching these people like fight over one person it's just it's so entertaining to me and it it just again is that like awesome escape from yeah. all of the stressors yeah. in my life being a conscious consumer um, I always say mm-hmm. that The Bachelor would be great if it was like LGBTQ plus because it would amazing. It would be yes. like them fighting for one, not really kind of like going off on their own, you know, like 
I I'm just I, I feel like it'd be that. great. I feel like it would be great. But yeah. I do want to provide some resources um, because we are students or I know there might be some faculty and alumni. Um, I do want to provide resources from our um, CAPS, um, Counseling Psychological Services, um, because they're a great tool. I know I need to reach out more because I have them there and I totally need to reach out more. So this is also a reminder for me, but they have support groups. So I'm just going to name off some of them. So they have the Anxiety Toolbox. Um, the Women's Trauma Group, International Grad Group, LGBTQ Plus Center, Coping with Grief and Loss Group, Managing Myself and My Emotions Group, AA slash Black Scholar Group, Recovery Support Group, Latinx Support Group, Men's Trauma Group, Graduate Student Support Group. That was a lot of support groups, so um, I know mm-hmm. I'm going to attend one of those, <laughs> at least. But they also have... Um, <laughs> We also have, as students, um, again, I'm making the assumptions that only students are um, watching this, but I'm pretty sure it's for others, too. We have access to the Calm app, which I personally love for sleep. It helps me sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would recommend that Mm -hmm. because, y'all, I wanted that before, um, but I never wanted to pay for it. So when the school paid for it, I was like, yes, I am so happy. Yep. And we also have the Tao app, T-A-O app. I personally haven't used this, but it's also another resource that we have. So, and they also have their, like, instead of drop-in hours, they do have their call-in hours. Um, They have all of this information on their website and also their Instagram, which is UC Merced Caps. So I would definitely check them out. Um, It's a resource we have as students, if you are a student. Um, But I just want to provide that resource for all of you. Before we wrap up, before we end it here, any final thoughts? I know Ashley just gave a bunch of resources. Um, I just want to say that wherever you are, whatever you're going through, um, I hope you remember to take the time to be kind to yourself and show yourself some love because everyone is going through it right now in their different ways. Um, and even if you feel like you aren't enough, or if you feel like what you're doing isn't enough, I promise you that you are and that everything that you're doing is valid. I want to say thank you to all of you, Maddie and Tony, for being here, for having this conversation, Mm -hmm. which I think was really hard, but like needed at the same time. Um, Definitely like a place to, I don't want to say debrief, but kind of just let it all out, talk about it. So thank you all for this. This was a lot of fun and I hope like the listeners out there also know that no, you're not alone. We all do have our struggles and all of our struggles are valid, regardless if we come from a place of privilege, from a certain background, like everyone's problems are valid. Cause I know sometimes when I was younger, I'd be like, Oh, but my problems aren't as bad. Like this is a first world problem. Like it doesn't really matter. Um, so just a reminder that everyone's problems, everyone's struggles are valid. And thank you. I think my final thought would be to also just be kind to yourself, like adding on to what Ashley was saying. You know, sometimes we feel like how we mentioned, like it's not enough, but it is enough and you are enough. You are, you know, your worst critic, but you are also the only person who knows exactly who you are. And I think for that, just be kind of yourself, you know, pat yourself on the back, just 
for drinking water, you know, anything that helps you love yourself a little bit more. But yeah, we are going to wrap. We're going to end it here. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you stay tuned for the next episode that's going to be on Women's History Month. Um, and yeah, be on the lookout on our Instagram, all our social media, uh, UCM Care. And I hope wherever you are, you're having a great day. And I hope some of the things we talked about, you enjoyed listening to. But yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all.